CFP Prime, Nino Brown. Who's got more pressure at the QB position this year? Did Apple mess up the whole Pac-12? Who could be this year's TCU? All that on this episode of CFB Prime with Crane and Company's own Jake Crane. Shh, blow the damn whistle. Some of you in the room right now, you are where you are. You're giving 60% when you have 120 in you. Why? Because you never made a decision. You already there. Your problem is this is stuff you don't want to give up the corner. Listen to me, power for power. Any agent in the room, power for power. Motivational speaker, power for power. Entrepreneur, power for power. Athlete, power for power. Weightlifter, power for power. Whatever you do, I guarantee you, when you do it, nobody can do it like you do it. The problem is you don't hardly do it. Welcome back to CFP Prime. I'm your host, Nino Brown. And I got a very special guest for this one. We're going to be talking some hot topics. I'm running them through the gauntlet, the rapid fire. He's one-third of Crane & Company. That's my guy, recently married, Jake Crane. How are we doing, my man? Man, Nino, it's uh, it's always great to be here. Really enjoyed our talk last time. And, and yeah, man, we're three weeks into the marriage. She hadn't left me yet, so we already hit the over. <laughs> I love it, my guy. I see you're already on a diet, right? A couple weeks into being married, now you're, hit, you're hitting the, the the weight room on a regime. What's good, dude? Man, I'm down uh, down about 37 pounds uh, in a little bit under two months. Feeling great, Neil's knees feeling great. I'm in fighting shape, man. I'm ready. To put Connor in there. I'm ready to go. <laughs> my guy, I love it. I love it. All right, I told you before. I'm gonna run you through. Uh, Rapid fire, 10 questions. I got one personal question, and then we're going all college football the whole rest of the way. You ready? All right. Let's do it. How did you get started doing this podcast, talking sports, getting your own show? What's it like working on a daily basis with your brother? Did you ever imagine that something like this you guys would be doing when you were growing up? And how did you link with David Cohn? Man, it's a uh, it, crazy story, to be honest with you. I, I still think I'm in a coma. Like, I think I'm going to wake up and they're going to tell me, you know, I got hit by a semi-truck or something <laughs> on the side of the road uh, while I was recruiting. But, no, nah, man, look, I uh, played in college and uh, coached college football for nine years, six and a half in the Division One level, and was up in Montana coaching uh, when COVID hit. And they sent us back. Uh, I went back because, you know, in the college football world, especially uh, – you know, the co- coaching-wise, you don't have a lot of time to spend with your family. So nobody really knew what was going on during COVID. So we went back. Uh, you know, that was basically one of the early years of the the early signing period. I had most guys signed. I had one kid left out there and was just trying to kill time because they didn't know when we were coming back. I mean, nobody knew anything. So, uh, man, I bought a $50 mic off of Sweetwater. I got to give Sweetwater a shout-out. Uh, and just started kind of messing around with it. And, I'm look, I'm, I'm no Steve Jobs. I'm no, like, te- you know, technological savant. It took every every ounce of, of ability I had to get it on Apple Pots and, and uh, Spotify. And, like, went into it, like, I didn't know what was good. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I knew, like, because in coaching, you always measure yourself up to the best, right? Like, Nick Saban. Like, that's the top. Well, I was looking at like Joe Rogan getting like a million views a show on YouTube, whatever. <laughs> I did one and uh, it got uh, like 8,000 views. I'm like, man, I suck. Like, I mean, man, like this not be good. And uh, so I, I kept getting more and more and more and more. And then all of a sudden, I start getting emails from, from spot- people who want to sponsor the show. Like, and I'm looking on social media and it's starting like bigger and bigger and bigger. And so I'm sitting here and I'm like, all right, well, like, well, how much for a 30 second ad read? I had no idea, man. It's like Wild West when all this started. So I, I started crunching the numbers and I was like, wait a minute. I was like, really make some money doing this. Like, uh, and I'm not having, and look, I'm as competitive as anybody out there. I love coaching. I still miss, miss the games. Um, but as far as being able to, to talk about it and, you know, not have to depend on an 18 to 22 year old to be able to put food on my table, it's, it's totally changed my life. Uh, 
just started. I did it for about by myself for about four months, just audio, and then had some investors from Atlanta reach out to me and uh, put me on video. Uh, five months after that, Colin Cowherd's people from the volume reached out and said they want us to be their college football show. So we were like, yeah. Did a six month deal with them. After the six months, we were renegotiating because it was, you know, we did so. They, you know, wanted us to do a long term deal. And uh, then all of a sudden, I'm sitting there during renegotiations, and Ben Shapiro DMs me on Twitter and is like, "Hey, man, I've been listening. This is really good. Uh, you know, we we want a sports show for the Daily Wire. Would you be down to do it? And it's all sports." Um, and so we were like, uh, "Yeah, let's start talking." And uh, by that time, my brother had already been on the show. I, I met Cone in Atlanta. He was actually the video producer when I went on video of it. Played quarterback Michigan. Was very knowledgeable. And the crazy craziest story I tell people is. You know, we're doing the – we signed with Cowherd, right? I'm doing the show out of this uh, studio in Buckhead. And and uh, we go to the College Football Hall of Fame after we signed with Cowherd, and nobody knew I was bringing Cone and my brother on. It was just me at that point. Oh. So I'll never forget, we, we, <laughs> we're we we're doing the College Football Hall of Fame first show. You know, we live. It was the first ever live show, too. And goes great. You know, Blaine's reading the chat like us now. Cone right. and Blaine does analysis too, but Cone's there, you know, for analysis and helping produce. Like Cone's talking and doing the camera at the same time. Like this man's like he's like the prince of of, of <laughs> the, the podcasting game. And uh, get done for with them two on and call, you know, from the guy who pays me outside of, of Cowherd as well. And uh, so I'm like, all right, here we go. This is either going to be good or bad. And he gets on the phone. I'm like, uh, he's like, hey, man, I didn't know uh, you were going to bring Blaine and Cone on the show. We should have done that a lot earlier. It was great. Uh, man, it just, from then on, it's been us three. And, man, it's, it's been crazy uh, being able to bring my brother along uh, on this and, and have the success with him and and be able to talk about sports. I mean, again, I, I love you just like you love what you do. I, I love what I do, being able to get on here and, and interact and talk about something I love and and I just happened to know how sausage was made because I made the sausage before. So, you know, we cover all sports. We have live calls Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And, you know, people, people, and you know, look and they're like, oh, you're on Daily Wire. You know, it must be super political. Not really. The only political angle we get into, which to me, even political is like men and women's sports. So to me, that's just like common sense. Like, I don't even think that's political. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, compliment I get is that, man, y'all remind me of sports shows back when I was growing up. Like, before all, all the, you know, commercialized the, the baloney stuff tried to, tried to make it, you know, divisive. And, yeah, that's exactly right, where you, ESPN's gone off, gone off the wire. We're just talking sports, man, that's in it, common man. sense. And, and when it does intermingle, I'm going to tell you what I think. Uh, I don't like to be shoved in a corner of, oh, I'm on this team, I'm on that team. I'm on team common sense, but when All it right. comes down to it, uh, you know, we talk sports like, like, like the way it used to be. And, and I love the uh, atmosphere and, and the fan base we've created, you know, the booster club, they're right. unbelievably loyal. They're with us there every day. And uh, man, it's been magical. We got some huge stuff coming down the pipe, you know, huge stuff coming down the pipe uh, that I can't really talk about right now, but uh, it's people will know about it soon. Well, hey, listen, you sprinkled a little bit. I appreciate you sprinkled. I'm a fan. You know I'm a fan. I just happened to hop into Discord today so I can get more involved with what you I'm got a fan. Going I'm on. a fan of you, man. I'm a fan of you. My guy, I appreciate you. You know, I tell everybody, like, I met you at the Senior Bowl in passing, and you and your brother have been nothing but straight up good guys to me and, and shouting me out. when You don't have to put me out there for nothing. And I, I, I appreciate you 100%, my man. Bro, bro, I, I respect the grand and and again, you know, you know what you're talking about. And and look, I, I think we live in a world where so many opinions, you look at some of these other shows, and I'm not gonna say any by name. I mean, we don't sit down and say, All right, I need to have this opinion, you need to have that opinion, because that you know, embrace debate. We embrace debate. Like, yeah. I need to tell people we embrace debate, but I'm not gonna sit here and argue something that I don't believe because that's how you get caught. Like that's yep. how some of these guys get caught. Oh, well, I'm going to take this side of it because you're taking the other side of it. We talk about the subjects. Obviously that's the show we're, we're going to uh, hit this segment, this segment there, just like you do, but going into it, there's no like, all right, I'm going to take this angle. You take that angle right. or anything like that. Now, 
Some people think my brother does because some of his takes are crazy. I mean, if he calls Tim Tebow overrated one more time, I'm going to take that flanker or we got to set him on fire. <laughs> oh, man. I saw that. I was like, uh-oh, he's coming back. He's fired up. Listen, I was a swimmer back in high school oh, dude. and college. I respect the hell out of you guys for putting uh, Riley Gaines up there. Like, I, I was watching her father as I was growing up as a swimmer. I respected you guys in and putting it out there. And what she's going through is crazy. What you guys do. You guys take some some shots. People take shots at you. You know what I'm saying? You don't take shots, but people take shots at you for what you do. But you guys send 10 toes down, and I, I just love what you guys do. And look, we're always going to be us. We're going we're gonna to stand up for what's right, because if you don't stand for something, then you'll fall for everything. Facts. I love it. All right. You ready to talk college football, my guy? Let's do it. This is my bag now. Yeah, I know. I know it is. All right. First one, rapid fire. Biggest off-season crybaby college football, Nick Saban or Dabo Sweeney? Mm. I'm going to say Dabo. And look, I, I understand, like, speaking of the political game, if you win the bowl game, it was a very important game. It's a ton of momentum. You lose the bowl game. You know, you make it, you make it, it wasn't that big of a deal. We had guys sitting out. And then you look at the NIL situation and, you know, we talked about this with Josh Pate today. If Clemson doesn't get back to what they were, and I think a lot of it is the skill position. I mean, uh, up front, I know the offensive line hasn't been typically what it what it has been, but the skill position has been able to get them out of it a little bit. When you look at Deshaun, uh, obviously when you look at Trevor, but, and I, look, I love me some Will Shipley, but when Will Shipley is your best skill player, you're not going to win the way that Clemson was winning. Where's T. Higgins at? Where's Travis Etienne at? Where's Thank Justin you. Ross at? Where's all these guys that when it came down to it, you put that ball up and they're going to go get it? Because guess what? Sometimes, actually most of the time, the play doesn't work out exactly how it was drawn up. You got to have some guys that can go get it. And that's yeah. what Clemson had. They had guys at the quarterback position that could extend the play, turn it into a scramble drill, take it to the backyard and, and hurt you. So they've got to back, get back to that because if they don't, eventually Dabo's going to have to embrace this this transfer portal, he's going to have to kind of go a little bit, of, go about it a different way. And that's kind of the, the, not the, there's never really a dark side to winning. But once you I say, once you sip it from the cup, once them have tasted that magic juice, they want nothing, nothing else will suffice, uh, suffice. And they've ra raised the standard there at Clemson. So I'll go Dabo just because, look, say what you want about Nick Saban. Um, there's some things that, that he hasn't, you know, and, and he's been very vocal about it all the way back to the hurry up, no huddle offense. But I think one of his biggest strengths is his malleability when he gets to the top. Some guys, when they get to the top, don't know how to evolve or change or think that they should or they're stubborn. Every time there's been a block with Nick Saban, he's made the adjustment. Oh, I don't like the hurry up, no huddle. Well, I'm not going to sit here and cry for two years. I'm going to go hire Lane Kiff and I'm going to be in your own game. So I, I'll go Dabo in that in that situation. Shh. I'm, I'm blowing a whistle on you, Jake, for the simple fact I agree with you on Nick Saban adapting, but he still cries. It doesn't matter, right? He's crying about NIL and and paying the bag and transfer portal. I just mentioned it a couple weeks ago, but you just paid your guy Buckner. That guy didn't come like you know with open ups. He knew you had to get his old OC. You knew you were getting him. He got paid to come there because you needed a QB. He's playing the game. But he's crying about the game. That is why I go with Nick Saban as a bigger crybaby. Yeah. He, he cries to stay relevant. If his face isn't in the media, in the media, I'm gonna go cry about something I'm doing anyway. Well, I, I'll say this: number one, the fact that you brought a whistle—that's fantastic. <laughs> guys. I love that. The second thing is, you know, the the, the, the difference—the <laughs> difference between when Saban cries and when Dabo cries. At least Saban embraces it eventually. Dabo hasn't yes. embraced it yet. He never will. Jake, you said he's going to sip from the cup. He's not sipping from the cup. They brought the sipper in the OC in Garrett Riley. He's the sipper. They told him, listen, you sip from this thing. You make him hit yep. the portal. We'll get him out of here in time because we're going to drive him nuts and make, make him have to go to the portal. He's not going to want to change. It's going to be your ship. Come in here. I'm giving you the new shiny toy in Cade. Make it work. You got Williams. We got Shipley. This can be yours. You can sip from the cup. I'm all with you with the cup. I think the cup was given to a different guy, though. 
Uh, well, look, I mean, look, you can pass the cup around. When it, when it comes <laughs> down to it, you know, I, I think Garrett Riley was the best, obviously, assistant hire of the offseason because I separate, obviously, assistant hires and, and head coaching hires. But I, they needed a new flavor a little bit mm -hmm. in, in what was going on. It didn't work out with DJU. And, look, Clemson had a great run of quarterbacks. I mean, eventually, right. you know, you're going to run into a guy that, that can't be Trevor Lawrence or Deshaun Watson, and, and you understand that. Uh, and look, I hope it works out for DJU there at Oregon State, but I like the Klubnik kid. But to me, it's going to come down to those weapons around him because I'm not talking about just regular season. That's, again, we talk right. about sipping from the cup. You know, sipping from the cup is doing stuff when you get to the playoff like Clemson used to do, and you have absolute cats running around to be able to be, not beat the Georges and the Ohio State's. The Michigans and the, and the Bamas of the world, even though Bama, a little bit questionable this year. A little <laughs> bit questionable. See, that's why I like Jake. Cause Jake's up there. He, he he don't care about the smoke. He takes on all all questions. It, it is no hiding from anything. Jake's the man. All right. We're going I to the next one. Smoke, you know? <laughs> the next one. Who's got more pressure as a starting QB this season? Kate Klubnik? Got all, he got all the weapons around him. Like he got a new, new OC who likes to chuck the rock. He's got a, a blossoming wide receiver in Tony Williams. Everybody knows about Shipley. Or is it Caleb trying to repeat back-to-back -back Heisman's? Right. He's got Lincoln. They brought in in the QB Whisper 2.0 and Cliff Klingsbury, who had all the money, didn't need to work. All of a sudden, now he's working. Or is it Quinn Ewers and Shark in Texas? Which QB's got the, the more pressure on him out of the three? Man, that's yeah. You know, I'm. You know, if, if we're talking truly about pressure, I, I, I mean, I think Caleb, with what he's done, I'm not worried about USC's offense. That's the last thing I'm worried about when, when it comes to USC. It's going to come down to whether the Grinch is steal Christmas again out there and uh, put together a defense. And, and I know it was year one. Uh, you know, I, I, I understand it takes some time, but just be average. Just be average. <laughs> Don't get punked by Utah again. Nobody gets shoved in the locker more than USC when they play Utah. It's a physical thing. Look, these boys in Utah aren't, aren't rocking Ray-Bans and sitting in the sun out there. It's freezing cold, and they're, they're all 30 years old like BYU. So it's a different story. But when it comes to to the other quarterbacks, and there's there's a ton of pressure on Cade, but I think the most pressure is on Quinn Ewers in Texas. Uh, you know, you saw flashes of it, and people say all the time I, in my DMs, I have Texas fans are like, man, you know, Qu Quinn was so up and down last year. Well, yeah, you know what that's called? That's called freshman. That's what that's called. There's <laughs> been a This isn't easy, and he was 17 years old. Freshmen go like this. Are you going to get early game against Bama, Quinn Ewers? Are you going to get, hey, I still think it's high school, and I'm going to run around and just make crazy decisions or try and get rid of the ball too quickly, Quinn Ewers. But there's so much pressure at Texas. Not that there isn't at Clemson, but think about it. This is your last year in the Big 12, the mm -hmm. last hurrah. You got Arch Manning sitting there right by. And look, I love Malik Murphy. I think he's going to get a raw end of the deal because I think they're going for that narrative in 2024, Arch Manning starting quarterback when Quinn goes uh, pro. Right. But that's a story for another day. Uh, but Quinn Ewers, the chosen one, right? Again, talked about it. Not, not that, that Klubnik wasn't, but Quinn Ewers was put in an air of, of, of one of the greatest that could possibly ever do it. He's 17 years old. He's this, he's that. But from everything that I've heard, and look, I said this on on uh, uh, my buddy Chris Phillips' show, the Spurs Up show the other day. I don't want to hear about how hard you're working, okay? We got to stop saying everybody's working hard. My washing machine works yeah. hard. <laughs> Dishwasher works hard. Working hard, should you never should feel good about a quarterback when the, when the first two things they say about him is he's hardworking and he's tough. Okay, I, you know what I want my quarterback to be? You already should be hardworking and tough. I want you to make the throws. That's what I want you to make. I want you to throw the check down when you need to. I want you to put us in the right play. Mm -hmm. I want you to understand the coverage. I don't care if they're just or not. Eventually, they're going to let you know. You know what I want you to do? I want you to throw the ball away when you need to throw the ball away and don't run it when you don't need to run it. But this is Texas. They haven't, you know, they haven't done anything really in a while. You look at, I know they lost Bijan. I know they lost Rashad. They're running back, but there's a ton of talent around them. They have a top three, maybe top four offensive line in the country this year. And I think that defense is only going to improve. So I'm going to go Quinn Ewers in Texas in the last hurrah in the, uh, the Big 12 this year. Listen, I love it. I think Quinn's got all the pressure in the world on him. But I think he's kind of brought it on himself as well. I said last year, I want to plant my flag again. This year, I've been playing it for weeks. 
I think Texas beats Alabama in week two. I said it last year, and if he didn't get hurt, they were winning that game. He got hurt, came Don't out. Don't think you're crazy. And 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 after he came out, it, it all went you know to poo, but. I don't, I don't know if it's all Quinn's fault or if there's a mismanagement of the kid as well, all right? I mean, how do you show up in games like Alabama and, and oh, lead them? Good, good. No, well, I, you know, I, I think, again, when you're when – you're, it's very rare for a freshman quarterback. I don't care if it's red shirt. I don't care if it's true freshman. Obviously, the red shirt's going to be a little bit of a head. He's going to know what to expect a little bit more. He's right. been in the system longer. But you're going to get some of the up and down. What what the, the thing I think with Quinn Ewers, I think, and look, Sark, from a quarterback preparation standpoint, is brilliant. Yes. Absolutely brilliant. Just look at the guys he's developed. He understands what they're looking at. He puts them in, in, in good positions as a play caller. But I do think he may have asked a little bit too much of Quinn at points last year. Um, and look, as a player, you want that, right? You, right. you want the coach to be as confident as possible. I want the whole menu. I, I just don't want, oh, well, you know, go to Waffle House. I just don't want to be able to order an omelet. I want right. everything. I want to be able to get the rounds covered, smothered, loved, you know, all that other strangled, yeah. whatever the hell you can do to them. There's 900 different things you can do to them. But, but it also you fall in the trap of, hey, it's a big game. Hey, mm -hmm. it's Alabama. Yeah. I got to perform. The goal is this, and I tell fans, hey, you know, we're starting a segment this fall called Stop Thinking Like a Fan, all right? Because a lot of people, and, and look, fan is short for fanatical, but a lot of you got to stop thinking like fans. The goal is not, hey, all right, here's the schedule for 2023. Oh, we got Bama. Obviously, we got Oklahoma. Man, we better play good games. It's not about the other team. Obviously, there's a scouting report. Obviously, you want to do certain schematically two teams uh, uh, may wouldn't do do against others. That's obvious. That's built right. in. But it's a faceless opponent. It's more about you. When you're worried more about yourself and the fundamentals, blocking, tackling, making the right checks, making the right reads, not forcing it, not overdoing it, not trying to do too much, which those three are the same thing. You can say them in a different <laughs> way. But you, you've, I, don't care if it's, I don't care if it's Alabama or Alabama State. It's right. about us. And that's why you hear Nick Saban talk about the process, right? What is the process? The process is where everything you do, you're moving forward. Oh. But it also is a faceless opponent. The name on the other jersey does mm. not matter nearly as much as the name on your jersey because the team that is prepared, if you're going to look at even games from a personnel standpoint or if it's even close, the team that is most prepared is going to win. That's why bulletin board material is so important. We talk about it all the time. Bulletin board material doesn't have a damn thing to do with the game. Because guess what? All that trash talk, after the first snap, nothing. You're out there playing. <laughs> yep. right? That's why you don't you don't see you'll see chippiness, but you typically see fights after the game. What bulletin board material does, it helps you prepare. It helps you focus. Hey guys, it's day nine of fall camp. Sucks right now. I know that your body's hurting. Your mind's tired. Everybody can get excited for day one. Hey, that's that's easy. I want guys that are excited for day nine. But guess what I can point to? Hey, you remember what they said about us? You remember what they said yes. about y'all? Remember what they said about me? It's amazing that focus in preparation. That's why bulletin board material is so important. I, I'm with you 100%. Because after that bulletin board material gets you fired up, the bulletin board material doesn't put the talent in, in, in the jersey. The bulletin board material doesn't go out there and, and smoke a guy. Nope. It'll just motivate you. But if you ain't got the talent in, 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 the, in the saddle, then it doesn't matter, right? And if you notice, exactly the right. teams that are throwing out the bulletin board material are the teams that are loaded guns, right? You don't for, got to look, for sure. But you, you never – and again, look, players win games, okay? Right, right. There's been coaches that are geniuses that look like idiots because they don't have good enough players. Yes. There's been a ton of great play calls that ended up in turnovers. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, look at Gene Chizik at Auburn. The man got Cam Newton. You'd have thought he was Newt Rock <laughs> after that year. What happened when Cam left? I'll hang yeah. up and listen. Yeah. I'll hang up and listen. But, like, but again, if you have that team that's more talented, you, number one, you don't want to give your own team a reason to think that better than everybody else and hurts them in preparation. Mm -hmm. But you for sure don't want to give that team that mad talent as well an edge in preparation, workouts, coming together, chemistry, things like that, that could get them over the hump if they hang around in that game. So yeah. it's, a, it's, a, 
it's a two-way street. But yeah, I mean, look, a lot of guys talk nowadays that that's that's how it is. Look, I I, didn't, I coach DBs, man. I love yeah. for my guys to talk because it's a lonely world out there at DB. Right. But at the end of the day, you got to be smart as a team and and as a as a coach as a CEO because you don't want to give any extra ammo. No, football is about being physical, right? Be, being book smart, but you got to be cerebral, and it's not about seeing the field. DBs are, are, are literally like psychiatrists, but they get in your head, right? they get in receivers' heads, and they twist them off their game. They're able to put, yeah. pull them out of what they trained all week for. The good ones, anyway. The Ramseys, right? The, the, the Revises, right? The Joey Porters. Those yeah. guys are able to get in there and twist yeah. you off what you prep for. Nino, I used to show my guys tape of Patrick Beverly. Plays a totally different Bro. sport. Yeah. But how he plays defense. One of the best at getting in the minds of, of other players. And look, there's a there's a way to do it. It's not just the boisterous going crazy. Sometimes you're saying things that only you and him can. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You're not being crazy or flamboyant or pointing at him. It's just me and you. I don't have to do all this other stuff. It's just yep. you and God. There's nothing but air and opportunity <laughs> out here, brother. I get. I, I always go back. Listen, Patrick Beverly. I'm a, I watch NBA. I'm, I'm built with it. You know, I'm, MJ's the goat for me. I don't care what everybody says about LeBron. He's talented, but he's not the goat. But Patrick Beverly may be the only guy in the NBA that skates by on minimal actual talent. Right? If you look at his game, he's good defensively. He doesn't really score. But this right here is why he's on teams. The other guy that was like that, all he could do was shoot threes in the NBA was Lance Stevenson. We all know about the. The kiss, right? That kiss yep. around the world got in that dude's head, yes. and that was it. So, yeah, yeah, I said exactly, my man. You know where I'm coming from. Those guys, you need guys like that. You need oh, guys yeah. like that for sure. You know, in football, for sure. you can't have guys that just have the the, the shit talk. You got to have guys that have the talent because you get smoked real quick in that one. Yeah. All right. You can Let's get embarrassed go. real quick in this. Yeah, game. you get you get pants real quick at the line. You look stupid in front of everybody. Eighty thousand staring at you. Let's talk about conference. USC, UCLA going to the Big Ten. Oregon, Washington, they're possibly going to the Big Ten. Colorado and Arizona have been rumored to the Big 12. How does the Pac-12 survive? SMU and San Diego State are not the answer. Did Apple stupid media deal going straight streaming screw up the whole conference? And is Pac-12 Commissioner Georgie K to blame for the whole volcanic eruption? Look, man, I, I, I think there's multiple people to blame, number one. I, and, look, we, we sat here a couple of years ago and, and left the Big 12 for dead. Um, so, you know, I'm a little bit hesitant when I say that, you know, it's, it's pretty much cooked. But, man, I, I, I'm looking – I don't see how now that they've lost USC and, and UCLA and, and you got some other big names looking like they're going to jump ship, you're running out of teams to replace them with. Right. You know, you brought up SMU. You brought up San Diego State because look, this is about markets as much as about anything. You look at brands; it, it's about markets. And yeah, you can sit here and say, "Hey, this team's from here," but that they're not going to have the cachet of USC or UCLA, not even right. close. So regardless of what they, Fresno State, love that program, love what they're about over there. They're not going to pull the same as the USC. So man, I, I don't see how they survive. You know, uh, and I'm not saying that that it's going to you know fold, but. You know, at what point do you have enough group of five teams in there that you become group of five? I mean, uh, I, I think we're headed for four super comp, um, yeah. you know, and, and maybe eventually heading for ESPN versus Fox. I don't know if that's what it ends <laughs> up, but uh, that's kind of the way it's looking right now. Um, you know, when it when it comes down to blaming, I, I don't even blame Apple. I blame them and what they did with the Pac-12 network and doing it where, you know, there's kind of regionally, right, where there's different ones. That I, I, I never thought that was going to work. I, I thought that was a bad idea instead of having one hub. And, look, the ACC network in out there killing All right? They're not – it's not the greatest model, but it's a whole hell of a lot better than what the Pac-12 did. Man, I, but I do want to say on that, that one – on that one token about the Pac-12, man, you got, you got to give Brett Yormark and the Big 12 a lot of credit, man. They, they rose dead. I mean, you look right now, oh, the Big 12 cemented – talking about adding more uh yeah for sure i mean look there again i talked about this the other day i said you know the sec and the big are going to get who they want okay there's so many good ads left out there 
The yeah. Big 12 order to not only survive, because it's not about surviving, it's about thriving. Because when right. you thrive, you automatically survive. That's why I love the Brett Yormark hire. Uh, I love his background. But the thing I love the most, I love his aggressiveness. That's Pitbull. what I like. He's, He's going out there trying to expand even more to be able to protect him. And it look, and it's a smart move. So uh, you know, the Pac-12, I, I think it's going the way of the Dodo Bird. But man, <laughs> Big 12, it's uh, they're revving up. You know, it's uh, that, that that Looney Tune guy, um, which, which way did he go? Which way did he go? That's how I feel like it is with, That's with exactly uh, right. Georgie K in, in the Pac-12. Like, dude, you're sitting there, right? And you're in meetings, and, and the Big 12's in the same meeting, and this dude's literally throwing grenades in your in your lap, and you're just sitting there eating them. Like, oh, yeah, I don't even know what's going on. Like, he's been sniping team. Dude, Colorado left, turned around, dropped their pants to Big 12, and said, I'm out of here. We're going to the Pac-12, and we're never looking back. They got a big name guy in Dion, and he's like, "Yo, what's good? You you got name, you got media pull. You're in the media. Let, let's bring you over here. We'll get you that ducket. We'll give you the bag. We'll we'll give Colorado the bag, and we got good media deals. And you can start your program from the ground up here. A team that left and told them, I don't want nothing to do with you guys no more. Exactly. It's come running back to them. This man is a genius, and he's out there doing it right in front of everybody, and everybody's just watching him drooling. Like I don't understand. It's crazy." All right. Yeah. It's look, I would much rather have a guy at the top that's aggressive and out there trying to get yeah. I'd rather I'd rather ask for forgiveness than permission. Yeah, a hundred percent. I I'd rather have the guy that comes back with you know his head in his lap than the guy that's crawling, sulking in the corner saying, Oh no, I am sorry. Help me out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? Uh, get out of here with that. Now this is gonna be a hot one because I am not a fan of this gentleman. Uh, and, I, and I was a Will Levis guy. You know that. So, like, when we were talking Will Levis, people say, oh, Joey Milton was better. And, and I don't want to hear anything about Joey Milton was better than Will Levis. I know because it compared about the big arm. But I want to know, can Joe Milton be a legitimate Heisman you know, candidate? Because th there's people fluffing the pillows right now. Outside of that one game he had against Clemson in the bowl, right, where he went off, he did well. But the week before against Vanderbilt, he stumbled all over his feet and threw up on his shoes. And Vandy's a layup. So what Milton you get? Are you getting to Michigan? Joe Milton, or are you going to get, you know, the, the, the Citrus Bowl, Joe Milton, who balled off against Clemson? Talk to me, Jake. Look, I uh, I was always a player's coach, man. I, I'll always root for the players. I, I hope I hope he does. But, but to me, Joe Milton is like that pitcher that can throw 100 miles per hour. Man, that fastball's moving. But he can't – he has no off speed. And when no. you get to a certain level – a hundred, they're hitting it off the scoreboard if I know what's coming. Thank you. So Joe Milton won the job again, lost it. Right? Won the job at Tennessee. Lost, lost it. it. <laughs> it's one thing to get in garbage time. It's one thing to for for a bowl game and ball out when some guys opt it out. It's another thing to go through a off season as the guy, especially replacing a guy in Hendon Hooker mm -hmm. that brought Tennessee back. And, and Tennessee fans, if they're able to continue this run, will look back and say, hey, that was the catalyst. You know, he'll be a hero in Knoxville forever for what he was able to do, especially 100%. against Alabama. But until Joe Milton shows me that he can have touch, I don't care if you can throw it 100 yards. I don't care. I would rather have a guy that doesn't have the strongest arm but has feel and nuance and has touch and can, can understand the difference – in tempos and passing that's why you're called a passer not a thrower that's why you're called a pitcher not a thrower because if it was about who could it's like in golf there's a reason the guys in the long drive contest their ass ain't on the tour because it's not all about how far and how hard you can hit the ball so joe milton to me is one of the biggest marks in college football because if he is able to get right they have weapons around him and in that system he can be really effective but until I see it, and I don't care whatever they say, <laughs> oh, he looks great. Oh, his body looks great. That's great. That's fantastic. Megan Fox's body looks great. But I'm not putting her out there to be able to throw the lollipop swing or the slip screen. Don't or the teams you've got to beat. So until Joe Milton, and look, Tennessee deserves to be good. They've had some of the most loyal fans who've had to go through basically hell for the last <laughs> 13 to 15 years. All right? So if anybody – and that ball and navy still shows up. Big Orange still shows up. So they deserve it. But life isn't fair, right? And if Joe Milton – and here's another thing, you know, people don't talk about. 
Guess who the most popular person pretty much on every roster is? It's the backup what? Quarterback. Oh, and my God. Five-star. Nico. They got a five-star that they dropped the bag on that people are just itching. So Thank you. you better play good early. You better play good if you because oh. if you don't, mm. they're gonna have they're gonna hook to get that hook out like that clown at the Apollo. He's <laughs> gonna come out there and snatch that hook out, and you're gonna be gone. So I hope Joe figures it out. But until I like the Loch Ness monster, until I, I see, see it, it, I do not believe it. Nope, I'm with you. He's fictional. It ain't it's it's not real, right? It's this dude is 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 I haven't seen anything but a guy who could throw the ball downfield. Well, that well, yeah, you know, they say they they say, oh, well, he's it's a great story. Oh, okay. Well, you know what else is a great story? Hansel and Gretel and Little Red Riding Hood. <laughs> good, yep. You know how that is? Three ended little up? pigs. Yep. Good. Right. Like, I've been saying this for a while. I feel like you literally validated everything I've been saying about Joe Milton. They went, gave the Louis bag to Nico, and said, Bro, you're coming in early. I want you to enroll early. I'm bringing you to the bowl game. You're practicing with Tennessee that whole week. Because I want you to be the guy that, that's propped up in Joe and say, nothing is yours, my friend. Nothing is guaranteed to be yours. When we bring in a kid like that, who's a five-star, who shows out in a spring game and gives them a flash of everything you were talking about, a kid who can throw the ball away, a kid who can throw the soft touch pass, who kid who runs down the sideline and throws a nice ball over the shoulder to, to, uh, to Squirrel, I believe it was Squirrel, it might have been uh, Bruce McCoy down the line in the spring game. Now... The itch that you're talking about is starting to feel like poison ivy because these people want to see more of it. And they don't care about Joey throwing it 100 yeah. yards. They're talking about the shiny well, kid they can see for three years. That's it. And look, Josh, Josh is going to play the best player. And that's not saying Nico won't struggle. But, you know, that spring game, it was like, man, it's like when you go to the Cheesecake Factory, right? <laughs> and you walk by there and they got a sample. Yep. Maybe that little sample, you take about it, so you're like, oh, my God, that's so good. Man, I, I don't want to buy the whole cheesecake yet. Eventually, you're going to buy that whole cheesecake. Mm -hmm. All it's going to take is one big SEC game where Joey Milton plays like he played against Vanderbilt in the first half where he goes, you Better know, play good early. eight play for 17 good. or something, right? And he's on, on 100 yards and a turnover. Yeah. And you got receivers like Squirrel White. And you got, you know, you got guys like McCallan Caskill's tight end looking at, at coach going, bro, I'm open. He ain't hitting me. He's throwing at 100 miles an hour over my head. Yeah. What's good? What's good? And then, then right that's another safety. story. Yeah, yeah. Ex exactly. Exactly. All right. I love it. We're on fire. Everything's good. I want to know now, who's this year's TCU? Because I think the Wisconsin Badgers have enough testicular fortitude and talent to be this year's TCU. Yeah, and they're in. It's the last year of the divisions in the Big Ten, and if you're gonna be in the division of the Big Ten, the Big Ten West, that's a good division to be in. Um, I think it's gonna be. I we actually talked about this today with Jeff Pate. Uh, we, you know, we, we both agree Wisconsin and all we think have a chance to to be yeah. really big surprises here, kind of sneak up on some people. What what I think is fascinating is, uh, you know, we're going from Wisconsin and what. You typically know Wisconsin for three yards and a clown of dust, uh, dust, oh. nothing but behemoths up front. Uh, to bring in Longo with that and Tanner Mordecai, I'm fickle there at the helm, uh, and and running that style system, man. It's going to be different. That first new system typically hits pretty hard in a new conference because people, while they know what's going on, they haven't called against that guy. It's one thing to sit here and look at tape and say, all right, here's the T third medium, they get in this person in this formation, there's a 65% chance that sticks coming or, or, or some sort of, you know, route combination that, that you need coming. It's different when you're in the game and you're calling it. You get a feel for it. We, talk, we call it playing the game, right? Yeah. Uh, it's like when you get on Madden or NCAA, mm -hmm. NCAA, you don't really feeling each other out, and then all of a sudden you start playing it. So being in the Big Ten West, Looking at the schedule, I think Wisconsin. Now, will they make it all the way to the national championship game like TCU? I don't know. But if we're talking about big surprises and, and being able to get to a national championship, I don't know if it's a, a dark horse um, because of where they're going to be ranked. But, man, I'm high on Florida State, man. I'm yeah. high on Florida State. But uh, they've got a little bit of everything. I love what they did in the transfer portal. 
but they're top five already. They, were, they they finished top five. They're already a consensus top five. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, see why? That's why. Like, that's why to me, like, if 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 we're gonna say that the surprise somebody coming out of nowhere and going to the national championship, then my answer is nobody. <laughs> I don't, I, you know, we don't have this every year. You typically don't have, right? TCU, <laughs> excuse me, lost their, their conference championship game. I still thought they should have been in the playoff, obviously. Then they beat Michigan. But uh, you don't have that every year. Typically, it's the other way around. You get two teams that we thought right. were going to be there in the end. So I'm going to go ahead and say nobody. I, I don't think anybody's this year's TCU. All right. Well, I, I, I should have phrased it a little bit better. I, um, I was saying because we got 12 teams, right? 12-team playoff coming and – and uh, who could be the team that could make the 12-team playoff that wasn't – that wouldn't even affect that. And I think Wisconsin, Auburn are guys oh, – oh, and- My question with Auburn is – and I don't want to get too off topic, but is this supposed sex tape that he's got, Jock West Hunter, going to hurt him? Is he going to get suspended? And if so, do they have enough horses in the stable in the running back? Is Cadillac going to suit up? Look, Caddy could still suit up. Yes, he could. Hell, I wish I wish Caddy and Zach Etheridge and Trevon Reed could still suit up. But uh, man, look, um, here's my de- here's my deal on that. Uh, I don't have all the details. I-, I-, I like to I like to see everything come out. Right. Um, look, do I think it's not a good thing? No. Right. Do I think it's something that should uh, you know, ruin the kid's career? No. No. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I know they're handling it in house. I believe the university investigating it yeah. uh but damari austin's a good back uh they've got a couple other young guys that, that i'm that i'm intrigued to see you know when when it when it comes to these types of situations i do think you know that the and and maybe maybe being in it and and being around the players you know maybe i do have a soft spot for it but i i like to let all the information come out uh, i think they've done a pretty good job of of keeping house uh i don't think this is something going to you know make the kid transfer or, or do something where he's suspended the whole season. Not a good look. Not a smart thing at all. I, I can tell you that much. Um, you know, I'm not a parent yet, uh, but but I can understand both sides of it when, when you're looking at it. Uh, but I don't think that's something that would hold. I think, you know, the lack of pass rush or he's proven yeah. pass rush is going to yeah. hold Auburn back more than that right now. But, um, you know, I look, I look at Auburn and, and, you know, what he's done and he's a guy that, I was vouching to get the job for three years, even before Carson was hired. Um, I believe he deserved a second chance. He's a guy that understands how to win in that league. He's mm-hmm. won everywhere he's been. And what he's done, you know, people talk about the skill position, and they should. I mean, Auburn's wide receivers haven't been what they needed to be. Now, I don't think they've used correctly. Um, I wasn't the biggest fan of, uh, of, of certain coaches and the way it went down with Cornelius Williams there at Auburn. Um, and the way that Brian Harson did things. But right. I think they got the personnel right on the outside. But the biggest adjustment outside of the quarterback coming in, Peyton Thorne from Michigan State, is the offensive line. Uh, Auburn was built on offensive lines that could move the ball, even before the Gus Malzahn era. And at the end of the Malzahn era, they weren't able to sign high school offensive tackles. But the guys he's brought in, mm-hmm. that, that he has brought in, I think is going to make a huge difference. Because when it comes down to it, I don't care what system you run. I don't care if it's a triple option. I don't care if it's the air raid. You win this game at the line of scrimmage. The game is won and lost up. If, if the team was a car, the offensive line would be the engine. So yes. uh, I think Auburn has to sneak up on some people this year. You do get Bam at home. You do get at home. If they're able to split that, you know, and and steal one on, on the road, it's going to be tough against LSU on the road, obviously. Right. Uh, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Auburn could win eight, nine games. I, I don't think that's out of possibility either. I think the Hunter thing hurts, but they do have Batty, right? They brought him from Baylor as a transfer. That kid's got juice. He's quick, so I'm assuming he would be RB1 yep. to start the season. Um, and, and, and Thorne, obviously, he, he's the answer for the future. And they didn't rush. I think they were smart. Uh, I I think Alabama got nervous not having a guy, having an OC that was tied to Buckner. They went to Buckner, but Payne Thorne's better in my eyes, and I think they made the right decision um, with the quarterback because now you got him for multiple years. Yeah, he's more more experienced too. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. I like it. I like it. Now, let's talk freshman QBs. Who sees the most action out of these top four guys? Nico, Jackson Arnold, Arch Manning, Dante Moore, and my curveball, Aiden Childs at Oregon State. Man, 
I, I hope DJ, you can figure it out. But again, until I, you know, and I know there were some times where he was consistent last year. You look at some of the games with DJ, you in there, and you're like, wow, man, I'm going to go. Nico. I, I think Nico takes over the job after the third or fourth week. Mm. Uh, you know, I look, I, I, I love all that's on that list. Arch's time, it's, it's not, uh, I think it's next year, even though, man, uh, that Malik Murphy did. I, I, I've got kind of a, a prediction, you know. I think Texas ends up starting Arch Manning in 2020 in the SEC because I think Quinn's going to go pro. Malik Murphy trains Texas A&M or somewhere. Somewhere where he's going to play Texas. Uh, it ends up being a stud. Um, but, man, yeah, I'm going to go Nico. Um, I For the same reasons that we talked about earlier. But, man, I'm, I'm really excited for the young quarterbacks in this class. Um, you know, again, it's it's something where you're going to have ups, but you need to go through the bad just like you go through the good so yep. you can learn from it. You mm -hmm. know, it's not a terrible thing when a freshman quarterback struggles a little bit because the, the real ones, you find out, number one, are they front runners, right? Mm -hmm. Are they guys that when it's going good, they're good. When it's going bad, uh, it's somebody else's fault or, yeah. or you know, I'm going to leave or this, that, and the other. Or, you know, give me the sippy cup and a pacifier and put me Facts. in bed. Um, but no, I mean, I, I'm going to go Nico. Yeah, we don't need any more Caden Slovis's, you know, going on, you know, team to team to team to team. It doesn't work out here. Oh, my guy left here. I'm going here. Man, Wilder, man. Yeah, we don't, we don't, we need that. You're in school for six years. You're on six different teams. Like, come on, pick a decision. Either, either earn it and work your, work your, your ass off to get it, or just stay in the background, and be quiet. Yep. Who yep. is the first college football coach on the hot seat in 2023, and why? I said shock. Because of loaded roster, there's too much talent in that QB pool. If he can't win early, they're coming for his throat. Man, I think it's Drinkwitz at Missouri. Um, and, and look, I uh, I know he he got the extension, and and again, you know, it drinks a great guy. Um, you know, really cares about the players, but eventually they got to start winning. So you know, I'm I'm gonna go Drinkwitz. The one, the most popular one is is Billy Napier. That that's right. the one that everybody kind of points to. I think Florida's a little bit more patient than that. I, I, as crazy as it sounds, I know, you know, you should be able to flip that Florida house pretty quick, but I don't think people realize the how bad the culture was at Florida at the end of the Mullen era. And the hardest part about building a team isn't just getting good players in there. You can go to junior college and find good players in other places, but it's building a winning culture. And I think Billy understands that. Uh, and I think he needs a little bit of time. So I'm going to stay in the SEC East, you know, for this last year. The SEC East is around. Uh, I'm going to go drink with. All right. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how they were able to keep Luther Burden. I thought when it came portal time, Burden was popping. He was going somewhere else. Imagine seeing him in the Crimson Tide. It would just be absolutely bonkers. Uh, yeah, if they, if they lost him and Dominic Lovett, then then you, you could have wrapped it and put it under the tree. Yeah, that that's what I'm saying. Like, he needs to do something. And the talent pool is kind of like, you know, a little shallow over there for what is in the SEC East. He's going to have some competition, and he wants to talk. He's out there throwing his name around with Saban in this whole NIL deal. It's like, buddy, Saban can say whatever he wants because he's winning. Every year he's top five, right? Yeah, look, Nick Saban, Nick Saban could lose every game this year and say whatever he wants. Like, right. At that point, the stats already built, dog. Yeah, Eli needs to look in in in, in the side room mirror and realize that the objects in the mirror are closer than they appear. Like the axe for your neck is a lot closer than you think it is. Yeah, man, that that Auburn game, the way they lost that was so brutal, dog. Yeah, it, it, I mean, oh, that one, that that was bad. That was bad. Yeah, typically, fat kickers don't miss that. <laughs> Jake, you can't, you can't do that to me, my man. It's like in baseball. Fat fat kids can hit. Like fat kids can kick too. Yeah, it's a weird. It is. I listen. I went to like four spring games this year, and and there was one heavy kicker on almost every squad. BC got two of them, and they were laying it out there, big boy kicks. So uh, I'm with you. Banging it. Hey, you remember Penn State? They would run down there and 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 try and tackle people. All of a sudden, they just dialed him up a couple times. Boy, that stopped pretty quick, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, you ain't you ain't going that big boy. <laughs> Not happening. Um, give me Jake Crane's <laughs> preseason. 12-team college football playoff. Oh, man. I know um, it's early. I know it's I'll early. I'll go early here. This this, this isn't cemented. I'll, I'll make my, uh, you know, final final prediction after. Uh, I like to wait a couple weeks through fall camp. I want to see who wins what job and, and who gets hurt. 
I would say right now, though, 12-team playoff, give me Georgia, give me Ohio State, give me Michigan, give me Florida State, give me Bama, give me, give me USC, give me Oregon, give me Utah, give me... Give me, give me Texas. Give me Texas Tech. Give me. Mm, it's a good one. This is gonna reach, reaching down the back. I, I got one for you. I, I got a group of five one for you at twelve. Give me. Uh, let's go back SEC. Give me. You. Okay. And give me. Liberty. Whoa. Give me Liberty. They were on the cusp of being a top 25 Chadwell. Team. Yeah. Okay. Jamie Chadwell. Man, two legs. Interesting, too, but they just lost so much, man. God, they lost so much. Yeah, they lost Tajay. They lost Dorian Williams. They lost, uh, you know, uh, Nicholas Anderson at the linebacker position. But they got Pruitt, right? Michael Pruitt's a dude. They have a young kid at the running back. They're saying he's got sauce. He's got a little spice like Tajay did. Um. They lost Watts though at the receiver position. They got they got a lot of holes to fill. I I'm with you, Tulane. I think yeah. be in this yeah. top twenty five yeah. at the bottom. But if they pull it all together, maybe they can make a run. I like Liberty there. That that was a surprise. I was not expecting uh Liberty in, in the playoff. Yeah, Pick, I would say up. Liberty or or another Big Ten team sneaks in there. That's what I'd say. Liberty or another Big Ten team. I'm gonna stay true to my Wisconsin sneaking in there at the end there. But I don't think that's crazy, man. I don't think that's crazy. If they they were to just lose one game during the regular season and maybe drop the conference championship to Michigan or Ohio State, I think they'd sneak in there with two. Just think about this kid was 17, 18 years old, toting the rock 200 times, Braylon Allen, right? When everybody knew in a loaded box, they're just running the ball because Graham stinks and he can't throw the ball, so they're just going to run and run and run, and this kid was still doing it. Now you're spreading the field. And in offense, yeah. Phil Longo for the last five years has produced thousand yard receivers, AJ Brown, Elijah Moore, Josh Downs. He just put puts them out there, and, and yeah, and you had Graham Mertz at quarterback who That's couldn't what I'm throw a fit in the fourth grade class. Couldn't fight his way out of the bag, dude. Telling you, yeah, the Tanner Mordecai kid could do it. Seven thousand yeah. yards, seventy touchdowns in two seasons. Right, he's got that juice. He's oh, not boys afraid. running too. Yeah. Oh, boys running. You got you got Jimmy uh Jimmy Dickey at the at the at the at the alpha position, and then all of a sudden it took him two years, but CJ Williams has emerged as an alpha, they're saying in, in, in spring, and that's how the other side of the wide receiver position. So, like they got pieces in play. You want to spread yeah, this out and, and let Allen run free. Poof. And I'm not worried about a defense with Luke Fickle as the head coach. We see what they did at Cincinnati, right? Ivan Pace Jr. became a dog under Luke Fickle. Yeah, shoot, Sauce Gardner. Look, the man knows how to recruit too and evaluate. That's a big deal. hundred percent. So I'm with you. I love the Liberty pick, but I I, I got to run with my, my Wisconsin badges on this one. This is the last one. This is a spicy one. We've kind of gone back and forth over this the last couple months when we we dropped it. You dropped it. We've gone back and forth. Is there a culture problem at Georgia and Alabama? And I'm not just talking college football. I'm saying all of the culture there. And with the culture going on in Alabama, how long has Nikki Saban got left? Um, you know, I, 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 I'm going to say no. Okay. Cause it, it's, you don't school? have that type of success, right? It's, it's hard to have that type of team loyalty and success with bad people. And look, Georgia had guys getting arrested way before Kirby smart got there. This is right. in something new at Georgia and, and it's around the country. It's just at, at the bigger places. You hear about it more, right? You, it's in the paper. Where some places they don't care enough about football for it to even make the paper. If you get a jaywalking <laughs> citation at Georgia, this it's going to be in the New York Times the next day, and then we're all going to be talking about it. So, is it perfect? No, no culture is perfect. But but I I look at all the good that the culture has done there at, at Georgia. How many lives have been changed because they got put into a place? That, that does have structure, right? That, that how many socioeconomic backgrounds have been changed? How many family generations have been changed? So, you know, 
it'd be one thing if if you're losing and and you had guys getting okay trouble. And I'm not saying winning trumps getting in trouble, but but there's good that is happening from it. Obviously, there's uh, just as much good, if not more, than than bad. So when when it comes to to Alabama and some of the struggles they they've I. I don't obviously put stuff that's happened in others. So I don't put the baseball coach getting caught in a betting scandal on Nick Saban. I don't, I don't put, you know, the the situation with the basketball team on Nick Saban. Um, now, you know, they've had guys get arrested and stuff like that. You know, you had the Jermaine Burton thing last year in Tennessee. But I think there's just been a lot more good than bad that, that has come out of the cultures that have been built there. And um, look, man, I mean, people do stupid stuff every day. Like you look at the Tony Mitchell situation at Bama. You know, a lot of people are like, hey, man, if he wasn't a big-time football player, he would have never gotten a second chance. Well, yeah, well, thank God for that culture at Alabama because I'm rooting for guys to turn it around. Right. I hope he turns it around. I hope he realizes. I hope that when he goes and speaks at these places, maybe it'll stop two or three of those guys from making that same yeah. decision. But people just – and, again, it's 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 fans, and I get it. Fans short for fanatical. If you're not a fan of Alabama, you're going to say, oh, this is the worst thing ever. If you're a fan of Bama, you're going to say, oh, he needs to have a second chance. I'm from Auburn, man. I'm not. <laughs> my father was an all-SEC middle linebacker at Auburn. I'm not an Alabama fan, but I'm a people fan. Right. And I hope that Tony Mitchell can turn it around. And I think a lot of good has come out of the cultures at, at Georgia and Alabama, as well as some bad. Yeah, it, listen, I'm, I'm with you. I, it just – when the dominoes continue to fall, and it, and it is – I say guys like us because we're involved when it comes to the media because we're part of social media. Guys like us in our field who are just there for the clicks, right? And they're just going to put the stuff out there that's going to draw clicks. Okay, so they won back-to-back natties. Anything Georgia is going to get me clicks, they're going to put it out there. But the dominoes kept falling. You know, you had Stetson Bennett. He got arrested, right, for the jaywalking, whatever it may was. He was drunk. Public intoxication is what it was, right? He got speared by the police officer. You had Jalen Carter, the whole rigmarole going on. Then you had him getting taken away at uh, the combine, you know. And yet, Ra Ra Davis with his girlfriend in the dorm. It just didn't. It just doesn't seem very appealing. But that's yeah, all. Yeah. And, and look, I, I want to say this though about Jalen Carter and Stetson Bennett. Like y'all are done. Like I'm not responsible for you. Like so, Stetson <laughs> like, Bennett's 40 years old and gets arrested. That's not Kirby Smart's fault. You're no. out of here. Like you're you're out now. You you're a million dollars richer, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you just got drafted, what, overall to the Eagles? Like, again, I, I it's like kids, right? You're always responsible for them. Eventually, you're 28 years old. <laughs> you're responsible for yourself. You're 24 years old. So, like, it's Brown ass man. that happens while they're there. It, it, yeah, that's like saying, oh, well, USC is responsible for OJ Simpson doing all that. <laughs> Like, like yeah, no, 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 he's not. I'm not comparing right. murder. No, I get you know, you know. allegedly. Yeah. To, to <laughs> that's a minute. But like at some point, like you're you're gone now. Like I can't. I'm I'm not responsible for you anymore. Right. No, I'm I'm with you. I get you. And 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 just as I try to let it go, and then you hear that he didn't graduate. It just keeps drawing me back in. It's just like everything, okay, there's a kid, things happen, and it always just seems to be this little, like, needle in the haystack to just constantly fall. I should say the last two years. Not constantly, but the last two years, yeah. it just, it, it, they, they find them. <laughs> and I say hey, I say this, you know, about people like, oh, Stetson didn't graduate. Oh, Stetson didn't graduate. That bank account graduated. <laughs> I like, he, that, that, that money, he just, in one sw fell swoop, he yep. just made more money than a lot of people that graduated going to make in 15 20 30 years so like i always say listen it's like oh i'm a junior i'm a junior in college hey i just won the lottery you know what i'm saying you think i'm going back to <laughs> what what did the water boys mama say go back to school <laughs> no 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 i'm out yeah, I'm, I'm being Turks and Caicos eating cheese, eggs, and potatoes, my man. Yeah, you, you, I get that. My, I'm a Turks and Caicos. I'm talking like, like the coach. You can't even understand yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know what my I mean? My mom told me not to get a tattoo of Roy Orbison. <laughs> Football's for the devil. You know, you know that's, what I'm exactly, that's exactly. Hope you lose all your your fancy foosball. What did he say? <laughs> what did he say when he came home with the black eyes? She's like, hey, they catch that gorilla that escaped from the zoo and punched <laughs> you in the eye. <laughs> Oh, man, one of the greatest movies ever. Jake, 
I hope I didn't, I didn't take up too much of your time. Oh, I know we went good, over man. a half hour and stuff, but I, we got going. It was good topics. I appreciate you as always. Before I let you go on CFB Prime, tell the people where they can find you and what you got coming up. Yeah, man. Look, we, we can stay out here and talk about this forever, man. The Nuggets will probably win it anyway. It don't matter. <laughs> uh, but uh, you can find us. We're a credit company. We do a live uh, show every weekday uh, from uh, 7.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6.30 to 8 a.m. Central. But I mean, it's on YouTube uh you know forever you go to daily wire go to daily wire plus you can check us out we're always dropping content uh about all sports we have a live chat we take live calls so yeah man just go to youtube c-r-a-i-n and company and uh, check us out on twitter uh i'm jake crane underscore that c-r-a-i-n underscore and uh, we have a good time listen i respect the shit out of everybody on that show this is my guy too, bro till the wheels fall off my man i appreciate you it's cfp prime Shh. blow the damn whistle we out <laughs>